What is up? Sick man, we back. Week four, almost a month done in the NBA season. Let's talk to my GMs. We've got House Lasky. How you doing, my friend? House of O3. Pretty at the top. Yes, you are. House of O3, how are we doing over there? Doing good, man. Doing good. Lovely. Lancashire life. Lamb Beer in the Bay. Nice and sunny. Sunny in Golden State. We've got Salt Bray. Salt Bray, how you been? Got my Steve Jobs on. Mm. It's terrible, man. And we've got one bar worldie, but it's actually the Pero Antich Express. So all aboard. All oh, aboard. Two, two. <laughs> Guys, just, just before we dive into the two divisions, uh, breaking news out of the NBA. Let's discuss it, right? Nets have apparently offered a massive package uh, for James Harden. They've apparently offered four first-round draft picks and three pick swaps. Just briefly from you guys, do you think this is going to happen? I'm praying it's not my Sixers that make this move because apparently they're after Ben Simmons and Fireball. How we feel about this? Uh, when did this drop, by the way? This just dropped right now. Shams just announced it. Really? That's <laughs> mental. Uh, yeah, that's... That's a big haul. If I'm the if I'm the Rockets, gimme gimme. Um, if that's true, what well, that's what they actually offered. Um, but I hope I hope not. I hope not. It's crazy to uh, think we're at this point. Uh, I mean, you wait. What did you say? Sorry. I was just gonna say, where does Kyrie Irving sit in all this? We will get to the Nets later for sure. But Wally, what do you what do you think about this? I was just going to say, I mean, it's crazy, man. If you were to look at that first game that we saw uh, and the way that they were shooting and playing, we were thinking, oh, my God, you know, they don't need James Harden. There's no way in hell they're even going to entertain that now that we've seen what they're capable of. And yet a month down the line and, you know, one major injury and it's, uh, and then, you know, Kyrie is uh, taking off days and it's it's all a little bit weird. So um, I think it's interesting how, how quickly that's happened. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that for because we are discussing the Atlantic this week. And let's go to the Atlantic. We're going to start with the birthplace of Ted and Ted 2 and Mark Wahlberg's fantastic accent. How is life in Bostonia, Mr. Matthew Bray? Uh, life in Boston has ground to a halt recently. Um, they've had uh, three games postponed because of the COVID protocols. We're starting to see it come in in a big way. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's a whole bunch of who he, who he played for guys um, and the Celtics don't even have enough to field a team. So um, yeah, fingers crossed they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in, in protocol um, and some of them aren't due back for at least another week. It's, it's, uh, that's that's the, big, the big headline in Boston at the moment. Do I sense some uh, favouritism from the league uh, in postponing games? Uh, and not not letting other teams off the hook, <clears throat> my Sixers. Oh, you won that game, and you had indeed. No, no, the previous games before. We will get to the Sixers. So the Celtics, uh, moving back to the Celtics, you guys go 2-0 and this week. You beat the Heat and the Wizards. Heat was a really entertaining game. Uh, the Wizards, they felt a lot, a lot more comfortable. Do you see anything from those two games, Bray? Um, I mean, the, the main thing, and I said this last time, I said if Jalen Brown can get it together and be the 1A, 1B to Jason Tatum's 1A, they'd be in business. And that's exactly what he's done. He's come out 
fire. Um, he has been, he's, he was scoring 20 points a game last year. He's up to 26. He's gone from 2.1 assists to 3.5. 48% shooting to 54 this year, and mm. he's broken the 40% barrier on threes as well. It's a very small sample size, but he looks fantastic. Um, one caveat to, to all of this, and, and the Celtics obviously look good. They're currently sat atop the East because of the weird record, the weird number of games they've played, um, is that they have had the easiest schedule in the league so far, and Kemba Walker is still out injured. So there are concerns down the road, but for now they're sitting pretty. Yeah, the only reason they're top is because of some BS, and we'll get onto that. Uh, the one question I want to ask you, and I sort of want a five-man lineup. So, eighty minus eighteen point one net rating for the two-man combo, Tristan and Daniel Tice. My question to you, Bray. Which lineup and which bigs are going to be the most effective for the Celts moving forward as, as we transition to the games that actually matter? I mean, to be honest, I think when you're looking at crunch time lineups, you want Tristan and four guys stretching the floor. Um, you don't want Robert Williams or Grant Williams in there. You don't want um, Tyson in there. The, Tristan Thompson's the best of the bunch, and they just they're just better with the small ball lineups. Um, so their, their small ball lineups are, are the ones that kill it. Um, and are there any bigs in the East that can punish them? Joel B comes to mind. Um, Sabonis, maybe. Um, and then obviously in the West, talking about the finals here, you know, that's a, that's a long road for anyone. I don't think it's worth um, pinning, pinning all your hopes on, on, on that until you, get, until you prove that you can get uh, to the conference finals. Let's move from one team who's had basically a vacation to another team who has played a hell of a lot of games this week is my <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers. We've played five games this week, two and three this week. Let's head over to the Para Antich Express. Choo-choo! <laughs> How you doing, man? Yeah, all good, man, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar stuff with that whole protocol thing coming in. They were missing seven guys last night. Um, Last night was a really awesome game, though. Um, Joel ended up with 45 and 16 rebounds. Um, Danny Green finally did something. Uh, <laughs> you know, after he had a fan heckling him, telling him he needed to shoot that. You know, he can't stand back, said three rings, and then came out and dropped 29. So you, He also said something else, ones. but we can't talk about that. <laughs> I was waiting. Um, I was watching. I was watching, Marty. Is he going to say it? <laughs> <laughs> you know Tobias tweet, you know Tobias tweeted last night and said that yeah. quote. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, it's really, really good. I I like to see him uh yeah, them supporting each other uh, through that as funny. I think um I think all the fans though would uh trade in one amazing performance for uh, a steady steady pace of threes from Danny just to get more consistency out of him. But uh it's nice to see that he can you know, maybe this is the turning point uh, and that will uh, get him going. But uh, the main thing for Philly, uh, you know, they, we were all you know, bragging last week, 6-1, uh, which was awesome. But the problem is they're the third worst team in turning the ball over. Um, and when you're hitting those kind of numbers, then it's just not very sustainable. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a bit tough. Obviously, having Seth out as well, uh, he obviously is tested positive for COVID, um, which is just that reliable shooter that they don't have on the floor. Fun fact, he's um, 
three-point shooting percentage, second of all time behind only Steve Kerr. Um, <laughs> so he's a very, very reliable guy to have out there. But it's nice that they've had somebody like Maxi, who in his first year is already playing amazing. I think what would be cool is if, if Danny doesn't sort of sort himself out, then it would be great to see somebody like Maxi or Shake replace him in the starting lineup and then have have Danny out there off the bench because really against Miami last night that because Miami were missing nine guys that was kind of against the second unit almost and so if Danny can do that against people like that maybe they do need to move him to the bench to get more productivity out of him because um, if they unlock him and, and what he can do then uh, it's just going to make them deeper uh, and help them throughout the season. Game of the year last night against the Heat that was an incredible game uh, I recommend all of you to watch it. And I'm not being biased from a fact of the Sixers obviously won. But, you know, Joe hits a three. Danny gets a steal off the inbounds. And then somehow in B-ties the game. It goes into the overtime. Hero hits a three and one. Yeah. And then Mathias, who is some unknown, hit, hits a three. Yeah. To, to the closing closing bucket is crazy. Madness. I will say that Iguodala shot at the end was crazy. He was like 180 floppy and it was dead straight. But it's just because it, it, yeah, I know. It was only because it was over Joel that it didn't go in because it went in up short. But from the angle of the camera, I was like, oh my God, is that about to go in? It was crazy. Um, just one more quick point on Joel. It's fantastic how clutch he was. Like you mentioned about shots he was hitting. Um, you know, Shane couldn't close out in regulation, but, you know, he was carrying the load. They didn't really have any of their main big guys out, but he was scoring really efficiently. So he didn't take for granted that that he wasn't going up against Bam. He's, you know, he took it upon himself to score. He did it without taking too uh, too many shots. You know, he got an efficient 45, which is great. Um, and the fact that he is a centre that can close games like that and make the clutch shots is so rare for that position. Shaq needed Kobe. They're looking for some. They're looking for somebody to go with Giannis because he can't close games. The fact that he can do that ISO stuff at his size is, is just crazy. Great, great third quarter from JoJo. Um, for for what I've seen from him, this could be an MVP year. Lowest usage rate rate this season and lowest turnover rate, and handling double teams really well. The one question I want to ask all of you, and this is quite a trigger question, so Dwight Howard moved into 13th uh, all-time in career rebounds and blocks. So my question to all of you is, will the real Superman <laughs> make the oh, Hall of Fame? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> That's more trigger. Don't ever say that. <laughs> Wait, did you say will he make the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, will he make the Hall of Fame? Ed, do you want to take this? Can I go last on this for obvious reasons? I just, I just need a brief response. I, I want to hear All if right. he's going to make it. it should, I think he values it. It should, no, it should be yes. At the end of the day, it should be yes. The yeah. NBA Hall of Fame is not like the NFL Hall of Fame. If you look at the NFL Hall of Fame, it's very elite. Only the top, top. If you were never one of the top three players in your position, it's hard to make it into the Hall of Fame. In the NBA, it's a lot more like if you were consistently an all-star, if you were, let's say, if you were an all-star about six, seven, eight years in a row, you could potentially be in the Hall of Fame. I remember the discussion on, can I, I will use Iggy in his example, because Iggy's got the chips, but he may not necessarily have the same individual success as you would potentially want. Um, he did win the finals MVP, but we know that 
it isn't like your traditional finals MVP victory. Um, Dwight Howard led that Orlando Magic team to the Eastern Conference playoffs against Kobe Bryant and Paul Gasol. That was a great achievement. They did go 4-1, and one, but is what it is. They made the Eastern Conference finals, I can't remember if it was two or three years during that time period. Dwight Howard was arguably the most one of the most dominant players in that time period. He was the best center in the league. You could potentially say Gasol, but he was more of a power forward, whatever. He was the best big man in the league during that time period for about five to ten year time period. He was defensive player of the year. He was undoubtedly the best player defensively for during the 2000s, 2000s late to early 2010s. So if other people can get in, Dwight Howard should be in as well, although how things ended. But yeah, those are my two cents. Bray's not convinced, as always. Bray's oh, a hater. Yeah, he's not I mean, <laughs> But Alex has done this on purpose because he knows that I don't like Dwight <laughs> Howard. Dwight Howard, he's, he's a crybaby. Like, we, oh. we saw that. When, with, with the, when he was on the Lakers. He's a changed he man. Party. He's a changed so, man. The, 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 things can be true. He can be a crybaby. He can be a Hall of Famer. Exactly. I think if he, instead of leaving Orlando, if he'd retired, he'd be a Hall of Famer. But for me, the rest of it sours the whole experience. <laughs> it's not enough <laughs> to put him in, though. He will make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I know he will, but I don't think he should. <laughs> Interesting. This is why I've asked this question because I knew he it would divide. Second MVP votes. Uh, he was. I are forgetting just how dominant he was. Right. I'm all can thumbs I, up for him, man. Like, can I ask a question? I think he's Will, comedy. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jordan. Sorry, Jordan. My bad. No, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Stolpray, will Will Joachim Noah make the Hall of Fame? No, and he shouldn't. <laughs> he an MVP vote once and won a defensive play, a player of the year. Like you set him off now. Just checking. Just checking. But Bray, Good. if you had to put one of them in, which one would you put in? What? No, I mean, like... <laughs> oh, no, no, I can see the veins. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. This is blasphemous. Stephen A. Look, okay, fine. Dwight over Joker Noah, but that's not the bar here, is it? Like... Leave that clip. We're going to leave that clip. I can't understand. <laughs> Last thing, Iggy or Dwight, who would be in the Hall of Fame if I'm going? 10 out of 10. Iggy Dahl is one of my favourite players ever. So, yeah. yeah he's, also won a, he's also won a gold medal as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he has. He's, the, the list of people that have won finals MVP and a gold medal is mental and he's on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so my man. That's my yeah, man. The finals MVP is a... Like, that is one of... Like, oh, that's an all-time anomaly. Like, that never happens. Nah. And to be fair, he also shouldn't have won it. LeBron should have won it. Agreed. Let's move on. We agreed on something, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh let's God. not move on. But, but let's, let's, let's move on. I think we've had All enough right. Dwight. We've had <laughs> enough, enough Dwight coverage. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's head over to Brooklyn, House of 03. The Nets, easy money sniper, looking like a straight assassin. George, how, how, how you doing? Um, all right, man. Not too bad. I think, like, at the moment, I feel like with the Nets, you can kind of, like, relate it to the Forrest Gump quote, but only change the word out for Nets. Nets are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Because with, <laughs> with these current games, like, it's just been over the place and kind of shocking surprises. And don't even get me started with Kyrie. That's another drama called Where Is Kyrie? You know, so... 
we we don't at the moment no one knows what's going on there but in terms of gameplay there have been like some different varying performances i think at this point you can tell it's a lot down to um i'm gonna put it down to growing pains from both like the player's perspective and also uh steve nash and the coaching's perspective they're kind of learning what works and movements to make and what is best for this like new form team like um nash also made the move with um uh who was it Jarrett Allen, I think it was. He put in the starting lineup for DeAndre yeah. Jordan. And that, since then, he took off, like, I believe um, his salary's going up for his, um, after 2021, his consideration. Oh, that's good. It's good yeah, that he's getting an opportunity. Performance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's varying. And they, I think they've, even with, like, the sticky and various, like, conundrums and stuff like the performance against the Sixers when both um, Kyrie and Durant weren't there. Um, a lot of people thought it would be maybe a struggle and a tough game and quite tight, but they actually held their own in that position. Like Carrot LeVert showed up and he was he was putting up some numbers in that game. So that was a really good game to watch as well. So, yeah. How, yeah, you lose against the Thunder and then you beat the Nuggets. I I just don't understand Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, it seems like they play better when their two stars are not there. Yeah, and um, for me, that is a concerning point, I think, for a lot of Brooklyn fans as well, because I think that Kyrie is starting to get the reputation where teams are seeming to perform better when he's not there which is kind of an odd position to be in when you're supposed to be like one of the star players of the NBA and supposed to be like the driving force of the team to like get them a championship. So it's a very, you, you, you just don't know what's going on, basically. You don't, you don't know what's yeah. going on. Which is, yeah. well, big, sh big shout out to Karis LeVert, scored mm -hmm. 20 in each game, uh, each of the four games this week. Sure. My question is outside of the team. Uh, obviously, with Kyrie being absent, he's apparently been. Well, the rumor was he was partying out with Drake. That was that was false. Mm. Uh, and then it was actually his sister's birthday, and apparently his dad's birthday. He was celebrating. My question to you, Jord, is which player, which next player, is most likely to join him in missing games? In missing games, which yeah. Nets player? He's easily going to be like, oh, I don't feel like turning up today, you know. No, Nets player, right? Yeah, Nets player. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to stick it to their core team and say it will probably be Jordan as they were advertised as the big three. <laughs> so Jordan's <laughs> going to be like, you know what? I've, I've, been, I've been put on the bench now. I'm, I'm just not going to turn up. <laughs> Yeah, keep getting them checks, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so we so we move from one side of New York to the other. We we head to the New York Knicks who were promising coming into this week. They've had a, they've had sort of a bad week. How it how is it at MSG? 
you had a little bit of a verbal typo there. You said the other when you mean the side of New York when you're referring to the Knicks. So please get your <laughs> grammar correct before you know. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'm sure, as I'm you sure, were saying, I'm sure Durant, um, Durant and Kyrie thought that as well. Uh, they're lost in it. They're, they're lost. They're, they can't handle the blue and orange. They can't handle it. They they need to you know go to the nets where there's less pressure. You know we never won a chip before, so let's just let's just go to the nets. Well, they have, but yeah. Uh, whoops, scratch that. Uh, so I, I feel like a little bit, I feel like you've done me here because the Knicks play the Nets tonight and we're going to win tonight and we're going to be above, we're going to be 500. So it's annoying that you're chatting to me whilst we've got a losing record. Um, and I feel it's a conspiracy that the week we talk about the Knicks is when they're below 500. So any other week we could have spoken about the Knicks, but you want to chat about them now. So thank you, Alex. Um, so in the last six games, actually, uh, they they lost their they won their first three then they lost their next three so they're currently on a three game losing streak which isn't too good. The one positive for that for the five and six record is that the Knicks have arguably had one of the toughest starts of the league, uh, tougher schedules in, in the league. So it's a positive then that you know what they've managed to get five wins, which at the end of the day I think you lot were expecting five wins at the end of the year, never mind in the first four weeks. Um, the one thing yep. I would say about sort of where they are, so as I said, tough schedule, but they also have a lot of injuries, um, which is why we've, they've got a lot of players playing heavy minutes. Um, I do want to leave. I do want to say that they are right now last in three-point attempts, and they are second from last in offense, which has been a killer to them. Um, it doesn't help when their offense when they're getting so many turnovers in the last six games. I think four of the games they've had sixteen turnovers each which is a lot, and they can't seem to get much offensive rebounds either, which doesn't help with the amount of possession they get in a game. So that's really killing their ability to... The turnovers and lack of offensive rebounds is really killing their ability to score points. They haven't scored more than 19 points in the last three games, which is very concerning. I also think that the strategy on the defensive side has changed as well. I think people have realised, or teams have realised, how impactful Julius Randle is, and hopefully he will be an all-star because I think that he deserves it. And I was just going to speak about this. Gray, you're going to have also experience in talking about this. So RJ Barrett is first in minutes per game. And Julius Randle is tied for fourth in minutes per game. Is this another case of Tibbs running people into the ground? Initially, I wanted to say, uh, well, the obvious answer, I don't want to say yes. Um, because it obviously looks like it is, but I don't want to say yes. I think they have the injuries. Injuries have caused a major impact in their rotation i think yesterday they only played seven or eight guys there were i think six players eight six or seven players who played over 20 minutes which feels like quite a lot and it doesn't seem like they have a deep rotation which is a bit of a concern but the positive is obi topin is coming back so with mo obi topin you're assuming julius randall can get to rest a little bit more um to play maybe in the in the four or the five position but we'll see what tips does now with obi topin coming back into the frame I mean, the guy's under 25, I reckon he's doing all right. Yeah, you run RJ Barry into the ground, he's, he's the rookie. Yeah. Look, they've been winning. They've been winning. I'm not even being salty. Like, yeah. they did a good job over in New York. Like, and you're trying to change the narrative, but it ain't going to change. Sugar Bray, he's gone sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
got a new nickname for Bray. He's not Salt Bray, and you've just said Sugar Bray. It's Sugar Bray Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Tom, Tom Tibolo, do you think that his impact has been good so far in New York? Uh, the players, obviously, they're playing hard for him, and that's the most important thing. Uh, like you said, they've had a tough schedule. Uh, what, what can we see from New York moving forward? So the last thing I was going to say about New York and Tom Thibodeau was that we mentioned this at the start when we drafted the teams or when we were previewing the teams because the first week we did a preview of this conference, sorry, of this division, uh, we said that Tom Thibodeau could be a major factor. And once I said that, Bray, you know, sort of changed his tone a little bit. And you know what? To be fair to the players, I've seen a lot of them praise the head coach and praise Thibodeau and his approach to the team, which is quite a contrast because you don't necessarily see a lot of players talking about the coach that much, not necessarily that I have, that I had seen before, but it was something that initially popped out to me, how players are, comp the way players are complimenting the coach. Not to say, like, obviously I follow the Magic quite closely, not to say that I don't say shit about Steve Clifford, they don't go out of the way to say stuff. Um, maybe I'm just reading into it a bit too much, but I just noticed that players are praising Tom Thibodeau a lot for now, but we'll see when it gets to the end of the season how their legs are feeling. Yeah, just teams got to shoot better as well. Uh, shot 29% from three in the Nuggets loss and then only shot 24% from three against the Hornets. So hopefully Knicks can get back to winning ways, which is something I did think I'd be saying. They are, lost. They are lost in three-point attempts. So at least they know that, okay, we're not shooting well. We're not going to overdo it, which I do see that as a bit of a positive. You're not going to, they're not bombing it when they know they're not making it. So yeah. Um, that's that, that's good because a lot of teams have, have obviously transitioned into that. This is this is going to be a tough one to 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 deal with because uh, we're going to move to the team, which I, I man, it's it's a real tough place right now uh, for the for the for the Tampa the Tampa Raptors. <laughs> uh, one one in three this week, two and eight overall, and also by vote the most disappointing team. Uh, in in the whole of the NBA, Lancashire Lambeer, how are you feeling? You know it's tough with the Raptors when going one and three this week is probably their best week of the season so far. Um, yeah. So like, granted, they started off with a defeat against the Suns, but the last three games have been a bit more promising, and I'm going to look at this with some optimism. They beat the Kings. And then they lost by one point against both, against both the Warriors and the Blazers. Now, Pascal Siakam has come under some criticism at the start of the season, but he's actually improved of late. And although in those defeats against the Blazers and the Warriors, he did miss the game-winning shot on both occasions, he's improved. Like he posted 32 points against the Suns in the defeat there. And in his first four games of the season, he was scoring 16.5 points a game, shooting at 40%. He's now scoring 24 points a game, 54% from the field, getting 10.5 rebounds in the last four games versus eight in the first four, seven assists now versus 3.8 in the first four games. So Siakam's improved. It's a weird one with the Raptors. I mean, like you said, heartbreaking fashion, you, you lose both those games against the Warriors, which, to be honest, that wasn't the shot that they were after. And then against the Blazers is a, is a post-up for Siakam, and he literally just misses a, he misses a hook and then misses the tip-in. Mm -hmm. 
What was more heartbreaking for you? Was it the Warriors' loss or was it the, the Blazers' loss? I think the Warriors' loss, in terms of heartbreaking, I'm not too sure, but in terms of questions to be asked, I think the Warriors' loss is the most interesting because Steph Curry missed the first 14 shots that he took in that game. He went two for 16, one for 10 from the three-point line. Now, is that a good thing that they kept Curry that quiet during the game? But is it a bad thing that even when they keep Curry that quiet, they still go on and lose? So it's, it's a toss-up either way with the Raptors, where, how they look at it. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's, it's so tough for them because you look at it and see like Van Vliet and Larry are both kind of playing as well as they did last season. Um, but has the loss of a backer and Gasol really cost them that much? That seems to what it's been looking like at the moment. Yeah, great point, Matt. The Raptors' centre position is is paper thin. I don't think they trust anybody in that position. They moved from Aaron Baines, who's getting DMPs. They moved to Alex Len, who Worldy knows a lot about. And now they're on to, I think, yeah, I mean, Alex Len. And now they're on to Chris Boucher, who I think is finally getting some good minutes for him, for, for them. Uh, last night he had, uh, well, not last night, but against the Blazers, he had 20 points. Eight rebounds, three blocks. Uh, and in the previous game against the Warriors, 15, six, and six blocks. So a big fantasy player. What have you what have you seen from him, Matt? No, I think he's been good. I think he's been something that's like been really promising over the last um, week and a bit with the Raptors. Um, it looks like he's putting those numbers up now. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a bit positive here and say that with these past three games where they've been much more competitive in them. And with the games going forward, they've got the Hornets back-to-back next. And then the real test is going to be they've got the Mavericks and then the Heat back-to-back after that. So they need to start building some momentum. So those two games against the Hornets are so crucial. If they can win both of those, then it just puts them in a decent position um, for the next run of games. So it's, it's pretty much do or die for the Raptors at the moment now. Just a note, Hornets are rolling right now. George, you said last week you had a... Uh... The, the future looked bleak, but Lamella Land is working. Okay, so to, to stay on that. So <laughs> Atlantic done. Let's move over to Pacific, and we're going to stay. He's actually got the background working, which I which I appreciate. He's got the uh, the bridge behind him. The Golden State Warriors, who actually beat the Raptors two and two this week. How have they been playing? Have they turned the corner? Yeah, it's so interesting because. We spoke about the Warriors in the first week and everyone was saying how bad they were and how much of a terrible season it was going to be. It wasn't me. It's, com- it's completely turned around. You've all gone very quiet with that. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I was just I was trying to provide finish. entertainment. Yeah. You've all gone very quiet. Um, but yeah, like Warriors 2-2 two and two this week, 6-5 and five for the season. It's not too bad considering what, what the situation that they find themselves in. Steph Curry is very much in MVP form right now. He's just been posting some ridiculous stat lines of late. He's second in the league, only behind Bradley Beal in terms of points per game. Um, and they beat the Clippers um, the other day, who were a very, very good team. Um, Steph getting 38 points and 11 assists in that game. So it's, it's really good with the Warriors right now. Let's talk about one individual who I'm not a particular fan of, but I can definitely see his impact. His stat line isn't really impressive. And that is Mr. Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Against the Raptors, uh, 
Ultra sent me this video. Draymond forced three switches, which meant the Raptors had to go to Siakam and then they ended, he obviously ended up missing. That's a small sample of what Draymond does. Do you think that him returning has had an impact on the team? Absolutely. Um, in the seven games that Draymond's played more than 20 minutes this season, the Warriors have won five of them. In that win against the Raptors, he was just one rebound shy of a 10-point and 10 assist triple-double. He's been pretty crucial for them. Like He missed those first three games where they were pretty much just blown away um, uh, in those. And ever since he's come back, they've found form. And that seems to be the problem at the start of the season. Their defence was just all over the place. And they look much more of an organised unit now. They look more confident. Players like Wiggins and Pascal stepped up as well. Um, so, yeah, it's that having Draymond on the court has definitely changed the Warriors' form. Yeah, I want to personally apologise to uh, Andrew Wiggins. He is playing really well and he's actually finding more of a role. GMs, are we on or off on Wiggins Island? Uh, to be honest, it depends who's on the island. Because uh, if it's just Andrew Wiggins, then yeah, I'm not going. But if you've got Draymond Green, then he holds people accountable. Uh, he makes them a lot better as a unit defensively. Um, you already talked about the switching and forcing you know, Siakam to take that shot. And I guarantee that's who they wanted to have the ball uh, when, against the Raptors in those final minutes. Uh, yeah, he, he's just so much better. And Steph, he's going to feel a lot more comfortable with Draymond. It's, it's the only piece of familiarity that he's had, bar the coaching staff, you know, from their championship, championship run. So um, the, the link-up between them has been uh, fantastic. And, and also another point about the Warriors. Give James Wiseman more minutes. I don't know why he's getting so few minutes. I know he's been in foul trouble, but it I don't know, it seems like they're sort of using the Kawhi approach. You know, they're low management. Uh, let let the boy let the boy play. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm I'm happy with you lot keeping being negative about the Warriors because every time there's negativity, they just bounce back and get some wins. So keep coming with your negativity. I'll take it. I'm negative about Wiggins. It's not the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> However, I would say that, okay, Wiggins is effectively, uh, he's, he's Harrison Barnes. Like, he's just Harrison Barnes. And they went to a finals with um, Harrison Barnes and Steph Curry and Dremont Green and Clay Thompson. Now, obviously, they haven't got Clay Thompson this year, so they ain't going to the finals. But, you know, it's like a very similar makeup, right? And, they you know, they don't like, have the depth, though, bro. They don't have to depth yeah. what they used to have. You 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 are very right there, and um, obviously Draymond coming back is huge. That he is, I don't know, like top five smartest guys in, in the league. Do you think in terms of basketball IQ? Like you Absolutely. see him doing his arms yeah. around directly off. Next it's ridiculous. If, if you consider with that evaluation as well, you would have to give him extra points for his physical attributes. You could say he's. As smart as AD, but doesn't have the, the length or the height to, to do what he does. So you could argue he's better than AD, but, but from an IQ perspective, but you'd obviously much rather have AD. Well, shout out to Wiggins, another player adding to the list of clutch shots over Paul George. Uh, that video will be even longer now. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is really funny, and I don't like Paul George, but watch it. All right. Oh, it's great. It's honestly great. <laughs> uh, I, I, 
recommend it to you out there. Let's head to the to the champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Very good week for them, and you know the train is running pretty smoothly. So, House of O Three, how is it going in La La Land? Oh, it, it it's going wonderfully, my friend. Definitely, really well. Top top of the top of the league table. I am happy. I tell you that. Um, Lakers have been going on a tear. They're currently eight and three. Uh, first in the conference and division, um, they're actually six and zero from away, away from home. So every game they've played away from home just complete destroyed the other team, which is kind of annoying for the other teams, I guess. <laughs> Seeing as the Lakers come to their hometown and then they take the win and then just leave. So yeah, it's, it's been good. I think. What has really helped them is definitely the depth of their squad. You have to give an attribute to that because even when uh, LeBron and AD maybe uh, take their foot off the pedal or um, are on the bench for a bit, you still have to be cautious around the other players. It's not time for a, uh, any of the teams to relax. And yeah, the Lakers just come up and punish them for it. Yeah. Can we speak about the most recent game and probably the most viral clip of this week? Uh, do you know what? The best thing I love about that clip is the fact that just the chemistry on the bench. Like, I know people talk about protocol and, like, COVID and stuff. It just, the chemistry seems really great. And it's a long way from when the Lakers uh, had the young squad and it seemed like LeBron was about to kick them out. So, yeah. yeah. Did, you, well, did you see the way the players on the bench were screaming? It was, that was my favourite bit. They were yeah, all screaming. Right. Little I loved it. Because if you read into it, apparently what happened was Dennis Schroeder, before LeBron took the shot, he said, I bet you ain't going to make that. I bet you ain't going to make that. He took it and just stared Schroeder down, which I absolutely love. And the best thing about it is that LeBron, the only reason he knew it went in is because they all lost their yeah. mind. And the second they arrived, yeah. he starts sprinting back. They are unbelievable. I, I I watched it like five times in a row. It was great. Can, can we have respect to the originator who actually started this craze? And we're, I'm not talking about Steph Curry. I'm Nick Young. No, I'm talking about oh. Larry Legend. Larry Bird. He does, used to do it all the time. And you could see the opponent. He'd always do it. In, that's the only thing that I would say is more impressive. You do it in front of an opponent's bench. I think that is even more savage. Uh, that that would be disgusting. Like yeah. to be fair, we all know we all know the legend's a killer. Like he he's he's just out there to destroy people. He's out here winning three point three point shootouts in his warm ups. Like he don't care. He won't crush it. There's always the iconic video of Larry Bird versus our boys Hawks in front of the Hawks bench. And those who haven't mm -hmm. seen it, it's where Larry Bird is just hitting these ridiculous shots and the Hawks fans are just like, oh my gosh, they're just like cheering that. on for Larry Bird and then just like being so dramatic, the opposite. It's just an amazing sports video. Like, they got just... fined big time for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Just while we're on Larry, as long as we're talking about it, the best, well, one of my favourite things is him telling the opponent what he's about to do to win the game. Mm -hmm. He's going to draw that, he's going to shoot it, make it, and it, it just happens. And it, oh. He just says, well, I told you what I was going to do. Why can't you stop me? Because <laughs> <laughs> ultimate mind, mind oh, he's, he's great, man. There's nothing you can do about it. Also, another thing from that game, uh, Tate from the Rockets went up. Davis blocks the shot, and he turns away and he says, 
must be out of his goddamn mind. Amazing, <laughs> amazing clip. Go, go check it out. Jordan, I want to talk to you about uh, THT, Taylor Horton, Tucker. Seen some really good performances uh, against the first game against the Rockets. He had 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, four steals. Uh, and then the previous game against the Bulls, he had nine points off the bench. Do you think he's going to get more opportunity? Um, I hope he does, personally. Like, when you, when you see him play, you see him, he just fits so well in, inside the team roster itself and the performances he's giving out. Like, he, he's working hard. So I would love to see him get more opportunities, especially like that. And, yeah, I think he's definitely worthy of it. And he, he's shown that he can perform even more games like that, I believe, yeah. Lakers are rolling. Let's head over to the to the other side of town. House Lasku, how are the Los Angeles Clippers doing? Yeah, I mean, fine. They're seven and four. I mean, I had the, I took them. You second sound like you sound like an angry girlfriend. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> They're not the most lovable team to root for. I, I just picked them purely for uh, for regular season victories. They were overall 10th in our draft, which I think is actually quite low for them, all things considered. I, th- I thought they would go much higher. Um, but no, they're fine. I mean, I don't particularly like rooting for the Clippers. Um, Paul George isn't particularly a lovable player. But you know what? Seven and four, we're going to take it. Last seven games, they've been win-loss, 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 win. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not really fun to talk about, really. What's, what's wrong? Ed, 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 talk to me. What's wrong? Why, no, why is she still in this team? You're supposed to back your team. What happened to Ryan Fields? So every, so I have to find different motivational techniques to get my teams to win. So like, this is my motivational technique for the Clippers. I need to show them that I'm disinterested. I want to see how they react. So this is like my managerial technique for the for the Clippers. So we'll see how this goes. You really so do floor. sound like a dissatisfied girlfriend. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hang on. No, no, no. I've, I've got the situation. So, so technically, you know, the Clippers, they might have moved on and you're, you're trying to make them jealous. So no, the issue is, I, 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 just, I just think the Clippers sister is just much hotter and I just can't do anything about it. I just, I just, I just prefer looking at the Lakers and there's nothing <laughs> I can do about it. Yeah, you, you ain't tell a lie. You ain't tell a lie. Can, can, we, speak, can we speak about Mr. Sick Man, Lou Will? Struggling big time this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, is he uh, is is father time catching up or is he missing the beast Montrez Harrell? Alex, what's wrong with your grammar this week as well? Father time has already caught up to Lou Will. This is the second year he's not particularly, I would say, not particularly been that been that good um, off the bench. And the reason I say that is even during the playoffs when you really wanted him to step up, although he was in six-man consideration last year, he went missing. He wasn't there how you'd want him to be there. And we, you can assume in that locker room, he's one of the leaders. He's one of the more veteran players that can sort of say, that should be able to say to a Kawhi or a Paul George or a Patrick Beverly, fix up, like you're a starter, fix up and like understand the position that you're in to be that level-headed, mature person. Well, we all know what Lim Pepelu was doing during the playoffs or during the bubble. Um, but I don't think that's their biggest problem. I think their biggest problem is their defense and their inability to 
to, to stop points being scored on them. Offensively, they're great. Um, they are first in three-point percentage and first in free-throw percentage, which is amazing statistics, especially in, when the NBA we are in right now. Um, and compared to their opponents when they play them, they're five points better at, sh at shooting threes than their opponents are, which is, I think, the second best percentage differential in the league, which is, again, really great. But they just need better defense, especially when it comes to defensive rebounding, which is where you could potentially say they miss Trez. Um, Serge hasn't been rebounding like you would want him to, but that's that's where I think they can look at to improve on their defense, especially for the f defensive rebounding. Because possession ends when you collect your defensive rebound, as Jalen Rose loves to say. Mm. Big shout out to the Clips in that Bulls game. Very entertaining game. Zach Levine had 45 points, went ballistic. The Bulls shot 61% from the floor, 55% from three. Still didn't win the game. So I think whatever happens, Ed, your clips are gonna they're gonna be okay. I mean, yes, they're not as hot as the Lakers, but you know, they're, they're still pretty attractive. And that's fine. Can you, can you not call them can you not call them my clippers? Can you we're just dating, it's nothing serious. Like we're just dating just to make it past uh, lockdown. Like after lockdown, we know nothing serious is gonna happen. It's like just this, a lockdown thing. This sounds like somebody's worried about their lead at the top, but we will get to that. It sounds like he's okay. upset that he hasn't got a ring. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he's going to blame it. You can't blame it on Doc. Can't blame it on Doc this time. I'm trying to think actually how my six teams, how many rings do they have between them? And I think it's like three, which is not a lot. <laughs> Fine, it's this only regular season. Let's head over to the Chris Paul experiment. The Valley, let's keep bringing it up because <laughs> it's not an experiment. We all love Chris Paul in this pod. Wiki Wiki Wow, Smith, how you doing, my man? Very well, very well. So, yeah, the Suns, um, third in the West, seven and four. Uh, good looking record, doing very, very well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, first last time that I reported on them, we only had preseason and golf, so I'm glad that we're at this point now because I can give you guys some numbers. Um, yeah, even though that they are, you know, one of the best teams in the West uh, and in the league with their record so far, they're 18 in points, uh, 16 in field goal, uh, field goals made, um, rebounding their 28th, um, steals their 29th, and blocks their 20th. These aren't sounding like great numbers, but none of that matters. None of that matters because they are eighth in assists at 25.9. They are eighth in three points made um, and their third fewest in turnovers. So they move the ball very well. They don't turn the ball over. Again, lots of assists. Um, yeah, they make their threes. They're the slowest paced team, even though they're very young, with Chris Paul at the head of it. Um, yeah, he's very much controlling and, and distributing, uh, making sure they're getting good quality looks, uh, which yeah, they can do when you've got players like Booker um, and, you know, Mikel uh, Bridges uh, at any given moment, you know, can go off uh, for 34, which is a career high uh, up against the Pacers. So they're, they're looking really, really good. My, my point is about the numbers I was saying is that they know who they are. Um, they don't foul anybody either. Uh, you know, they're, they're ninth and um, fewest in fouls um, and only allow 107 points, which is uh, you know, 17th 
uh, in the league. So back to our point about being 29th in steals, it just means that they're not reaching. They're just moving their feet. They're getting in front of everybody. They're not fouling. And it means that these teams aren't putting out a lot of points on them. So, you know, they're playing at their pace. They control the tempo of the game. So <laughs> they're looking very, very good right now. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to see what else they do because, you know, they, they have this record, even though they're very low in the rankings amongst all these these other statistics I just read out in the rebound and stills and blocks. You know, now they have this foundation, they can build on that. And once they move up the ranks of there, then they're just going to be even better. Uh, I'd much rather, I'd pick them um, over Clippers to go to the conference finals, just with the kind of crap we see from the Clippers at least, you know, once every two weeks. Wildy, I'm going to need you to stay silent on this question. Can the other GMs tell me who is second in scoring on the Suns? Uh, game. He's, pro he's probably on my fantasy team, so I'll leave it for everyone else. Okay. Oh, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, go on. Cameron Johnson? Wrong. Moves oh. on. Cameron Not all at once. On 12 points, by the way. Just Not all at once. 12 points? Just Cameron Johnson. I was just saying, Bray's guess is on 12 right. points. Cameron oh, Johnson right. is not good. Any, anybody else can tell me? I'll go last because I know who it is. Okay, Ed, put them out of their misery. My boy, my, Bridges, Mikel Bridges. <laughs> yeah, he's real familiar. <laughs> yeah, M Mikel Bridges is, is averaging 15.1 points per game. He could be in a conversation for most improved. I think for the, for the Suns, what you said, Wally, about the turnovers, that is an effect of Chris Paul. The man... He, he might not know how to close up series, but he knows how to take care of the ball. And by, by far, they've been way more efficient. They've been putting up a lot more threes. I'm really liking what I've seen from the Suns. I mean, they did fall apart in that Wizards game. They were down 26 at the half. Um, but, Wadi, what I want to ask you is they're getting a lot... Their depth is really good. And they're getting great contributions from Galloway, Saric, Cam Johnson as... Bray said earlier, and they've also got Carter, who's the backup point guard. Who do you think their most important pieces? I just want to add Cameron Payne to that list as well. Um, another nice guy off the bench there, doing very well. I think the I really I, I mentioned him before. They didn't have him at the beginning of the season. I think the most important for them is Dario um, because. You know, coming off the bench, he just he's you know, he's a really big guy. He can handle, he can create for himself and others, which is just so important and it's what you want leading a second unit. Um yeah, you, you mentioned it. They've got loads and loads of depth. Uh but Dario is definitely the guy. Um yeah, he's an effective scorer. Um he's nice and long as well, so he keeps up that defense too. Really missed a beat since coming back. I mean, his first game is a tad rusty, but you know, he's he's a steady scorer for them off the bench. The homie. Oh. I do miss I do miss Dario, man. I miss yeah. him. I wish he was back in the Sixers. Another guy of the Sixers let go. Let's head to the final team in this division. Let's head back to Salt Bray. The Sacramento Kings. Interesting team. They've had a positive week, Bray, I think. Uh they've they've had a pretty positive season so far. If you told me um at the beginning of the year they'd start five and six, um, I'd be like, great, amazing. They are the least talented team in this division. I think we can all agree on that. 
Um, they are currently performing the worst, but not by a long way at all. So I'm happy with that. They've had great, uh, great starts out of Fox and Harburn. I don't know if you guys saw Fox putting away the Pacers game all over mm. Sabonis, I think it was. Um, yeah, that guy's a baller. Um, so really, really happy with that. They've had great production out of the rookie, um, Tyrese Halliburton. And yeah, they're currently sat in 10th. They're within one game of sixth. They've got the Thunder and the Spurs sat in front of them. I kind of fancy the Kings there. So, you know, they've got the, uh, the Nuggets, who, who aren't really good, sat behind them. Um, so, you know, they're going to move up. But at the moment, it's looking like playing the tournament. And um, their biggest problem is defense. They don't play yes. anything. They're just so bad. Um, and really, it's like they're a young team who plays hard. They don't have a load of talent. So defense is so much more important. And um, until they get that figured out, they're going to be a fringe playing tournament team. What, what can they do to improve defensively? Because they gave up 144 points to the Raptors, 124 points to the Bulls, 125 to the Blazers. Just consistently high numbers. How, how can they change that? Look, I mean, they, teams shoot well against the Kings. Some of that is because we're on a small sample size. Teams shoot better on free throws against the Kings. Like, the best in the league teams shoot when they're playing Kings on free throws. Like, that's completely random and will not continue. Um, so they are going to catch some breaks there. However, um, they need to, to get better performance out of their bigs. They don't have any, any bigs who you look at and go, oh, that guy's a good guy to anchor a defense. Um, Marvin Bagley, like, is the, the most talented big they have and has been relatively lackluster, to be perfectly honest. So um, I think they probably need to make some moves for some veterans at power forward and centre who can help direct people on, on, on defence and really have a team defence because they haven't got any players like a Kawhi or a Yanis or an AD who just go out and gobble people up. They don't have anyone like that. So it's got to be a team thing, uh, in my opinion. And the the other thing that the other thing that I think they need to do, obviously, they let Bogdan Bogdanovich walk, um, and that was to allow more space for Buddy Hield in the rotation, and he hasn't used it. He's not fit. He, he's had a subpar year. Um, if he is able to, um, uh, to to show his worth, I think they you know they they go from a number ten to potentially being a number eight. Interesting. Can we talk about Tyrese Halliburton, Mr. Bray? Tyrese Halliburton, start of the week, balls, 17-7-6 uh, off the bench. And then the Raptors, he followed it up, had a really nice game, 15 points, 8 assists. And they've also trialled him in the starting lineup with Fox and Buddy Hield, which is really surprising. Do you think that's the go-to lineup for them moving forward? Do you think he's better and he's more needed off the bench? I think with Fox on the floor, um, I think he's best as a sixth man. Uh, he can get assists. He's shown he can get these big assist games. And when Fox is on the floor, the ball is going to be in his hands. So I think he is probably best used as a sixth man, especially in this third year. Maybe they can find ways to coexist later down the line because he is a good shooter. But for the moment, I, I would want to be putting him up against second units, letting him feast because he he's obviously got a great feel for the game and he's turned into one of the skills of the draft. Very nice. 
So that concludes our breakdown, our division discussion of the Pacific. And obviously we spoke about the Atlantic. I just want to briefly talk about the leaderboard right now because I've updated it. <laughs> so let's start <laughs> from bottom to top. In last place, we have Lancashire Lambeer uh, with a record of 25 and 40. Your best team is the Golden State Warriors which is behind you, sunny background. And then your worst team is the Washington Wizards. In fourth place, we have Saltbury. That's a record of 29 and 31. So they're about 500. Your worst team is the Timberwolves, which is no surprise. And your best team is the Boston Celtics. In third, where it gets really close, we've got Mr. The Peraantic Express. I'm trying not to say one by Wildy. He's got a record of 32 and 30. His worst team is... Detroit basketball yeah. and his best and his best team is my Sixers. Second place we have House of O Three, Mr. George <laughs> at uh, thirty five wins and thirty losses, so three above Wildy. Mm. Your best team is the Lakers. The team that's letting you down is the Chicago Bulls. They're still playing well though. Yeah. And then at the top, the lead has thinned, but House Lasku, thirty eight wins. And 28 losses. Jord is only three games behind you now. Ed, you're, you had three teams on seven and four, which is the Bucks, the Jazz, and the Clips. And then you've got Knicks, who are five and six, with your worst team. How are you guys feeling about it? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Pressure's I'm, on, I'm ready to catch up. up. I'm ready for order to reinstate the rightful positions, let's say. Hey, Jord, bet. Bet. I'm still quite confident that he's going to save my season when they get their, get their team back. Well, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of basketball still to play. I think it's very interesting. I think anybody can make a run. But that wraps up the... Oh, go on, so I was going to say, so we've had 15% of all the games so far. So still, as Bray was saying, a lot of basketball still to play. 15%. A lot of basketball still to play. So that wraps That's up... That's where saying he's worried. Oh, maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is. <laughs> But he's, he's got a good poker face. He's got a good poker face. Apart from the Clippers talk. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm openly cheating with the Clippers. Since <laughs> of open relationship. But yeah, a lot, a lot of basketball still to play. So that wraps up division discussions. We'll take a short break and then we'll get to everybody's favourite round. Shoot your shots. We're back. Shoot your shot time. Everybody's favourite part. Part four, this section. We're going to go a bit obscure with these with these questions this week. Let's just throw some ringers out there, you know. So the first matchup we have is Jay Wild v Mr. Harris, Matt. So the question we've got for you is: Well, we need to show head coaches some love. I feel like we've been talking a lot about the players. Yeah, we brought some to it over. Yeah, we want to know which head coach would win in a Hunger Games style matchup in a battle royale, e.g. free-for-all, who's the last person standing? That's what I want to know. So I'm obviously going to be deciding this round. You've each got a minute. I'm going to decide who goes first just now. I'm also timing, so I'll let you know when to go and when to stop. Let's start with Mr. Harris. Are you ready? I'm ready. Your time 
starts now. Right, so this is a Royal Rumble, so I'm going to talk about fighting technique and what finishes fights. In the UFC, submission moves account for 20% of all finishes to a fight, and the two most popular submission moves in the UFC are chokeholds. So which coach in the NBA is best at choking? That's Doc Rivers. <laughs> He's the only coach in the NBA to blow a 3-1 lead in the playoffs three times against the Pistons in 2003 with a magic, against the Rockets in 2015, and against the Nuggets in 2020, both with the Clippers. He also has the most game seven losses with eight. No other NBA coach has more than five. And as well as three one leads he's blown, he's also blown three separate 3-2 three series leads, including the 2010 finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. So who better to choke the opponent into the finish and be the last man standing than Doc Rivers? Oh, that is amazing. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I don't know who you messed with, but that was nice. Anyway, let's move yeah, on. You should have gone second. <laughs> let's 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 move to Worldy. Are you, are you ready, Mr. Wellsman? Yes, I am. Okay, and go. So for my pick, I am going to be going for a Hunger Games style battle royale with Quinn Snyder. I don't know if you guys have ever taken a look at this man, but I thought the dude was like a scary 25 years old, but he's actually like 54. He's another vampire alongside Eric Spolstra. That dude, if I saw him across a bar, I, he could be the nicest man in the world, but I would not start a fight on him. He just looks like he's packing. He looks like the next Batman villain, for God's sake. I would not mess with him at all. I just think that man's hiding something. You still got time. It looks like you're hiding your camera as well, Wardy. Yeah, That's because <laughs> Quinn's gonna find me. <laughs> He's gone into stealth mode. Quinn yeah. Snyder, of his back. Quinn. I said Quinn's... coming back on, and Quinn is behind his knife. <laughs> uh, can I just say that Quinn Snyder is an amazing villain name? Quinn's mm, really yeah, good. Everything about him. He just yeah. looks like a bad guy. Like Austin Powers Four, he's gonna be like. <laughs> I, I am um, okay. So I've I've made my decision. I I love both of them. I thought they were really great, despite you know, yeah, me being trolled on one of them because my team. I'm gonna go with Mr. Harris because I really like how you've brought some stats into that, uh, some U UFC knowledge, and let's hope he doesn't choke for Philly. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, very well played, Mr. Harris. Finger snaps to you. Have to have lost to that argument. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, also, he's got the raspy voice, you know, that he could <laughs> have gotten to beat. It's not a bloke. It's not a bloke. That's all you'll hear in the forest instead of the predator noise. It's not a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we move to the second matchup? Sweet. And Ed, are you okay to lead this because this is your question? Yes, sir. So me and Alex were just randomly talking just about random stuff. And I mentioned to Alex, you know what would be fun, actually? You could have like a... How, how would you change? Um, I was going to say one of my ideas, which will completely break the purpose of it. Um, but me and Alex were thinking, what could you do instead of having an overtime game? What can you do to decide a game? So there's no overtime. What is the best way to decide a tied game? And for this, we have got one bar break. No, it's not one bar break. Okay, see, I completely got confused. <laughs> we start again. Uh, Bray's always uh, full, full bars. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no overtime. What is the best way to decide a game? So we've got Salt Bray 
versus O3 Jordan. Who would like to go first, Amy? Sweet. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. Edgy, edgy, <laughs> I was edgy finding it. Uh, yes, I shall time. Uh, so, Mr. Bray, you can start in three, two, one. Um, I think the uh, the best way to decide a tie game would be just to go to the best players on each team, one on one, make it, break it, take it straight to 11, threes and twos. Um, I would love to see the alphas facing off against each other. And on, on those teams that are stacked and that are like, oh, they've got, you know, who's the best player on any given night? Wouldn't you love, love to see CJ McCollum and Lillard just arguing, like, who's going to take it? Like, one of them's got 30, one of them's got 40. It would be amazing. Cool. Mr. Jordan, in three, two, one. So, similar to Bray, um, I was thinking, oh, you've got to get the stars in this, it'll be great. But then I had another idea, okay? One of the biggest problems, right, in sports is the hecklers, okay? And I think we need to put them in their place. So, we, in that, to decide the winner, last moments, we have something called hecklers hoops, right? So, the hecklers go in a shootout on the teams and whoever makes it wins the loser well they're they're gonna get destroyed the players or the fans in the stands out here? The, uh, the fans in the stands <laughs> I think I think I think George's trying to find a way into the NBA for real. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the league but I'm gonna make it now. Cambridge story. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I loved I, uh, Jordan. I loved where you were going with. Oh, this is something different. Oh, this might be good. But you spent twenty five seconds um, building it up, talking about hecklers building up, and didn't talk about how it would decide the game. Oh. And you left it very close to the end. Oh. Um, Bray, I mean, you gave such a vanilla answer. But I guess it's fair. Um, my, my one question, my one question of it is: It's already a star driven league. Like, come on, it's a team sport. But anyway, saying all that. Mr. Bray, you've won this round. Oh. I did. I did have another idea. I was like, you could do it similar to like hockey, where yeah. they do like the the one shot, and you could just do like I don't know, like three of like three of those for each team, and then whoever has the most baskets, and you could just have like pick your top top offensive players, top defensive players to get the team into it. But then I was like, I don't really want to watch like. I don't want to watch someone have to grind out against like Tony Allen, or obviously not Tony Allen anymore, but like. <laughs> yeah, um, I was saying to Alex, wouldn't it be fantasy like the equivalent of like a shootout, but like a free throw contest? The amount of pressure for the free throws, like you have to take it in turns, uh, exactly like a penalty shootout. That would be. Yeah. With, with, I was the, with thinking the that, one but as in one on one, one as well. Mm -hmm. So well, we just take yeah. it if they miss. Yeah, it would be good. But Ed, I was just saying the best thing in football is like the long walk to the three yeah. throw and how all the teams like stand there as they like watch it unfold. I think that's really cool. And I think to have like, maybe you can include George's like heckler thing. So the fans are closer. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they might attack. You know, one fan whispering in the ear behind him. I just think that if the clock runs out and it's an even score in the center of the scorers table, 
a baseball bat just rises and the two coaches have to run to the center and grab it as quickly as possible and just, <laughs> just fight to the death. <laughs> or turn it into a game of dodgeball between the coaches. <laughs> oh man. That was that was that was good guys. So we got um both wins for the both mats. So that's that's fun. Let's let's stay on the uh, battle royale theme. So headline that's just come up last week: NBA officials floated that there would be a 2.5 billion price tag for expansion teams uh, in order for the NBA to branch out. Uh, and what's going to happen is each of us is going to give a alternative. And I, what I think should happen is, as a group, we should vote on which is the best one. You obviously can't vote for yourself. So each person will have like their section to discuss uh, why you should pick this city or this location. <laughs> so let's start in the domestic field and let's head over to Mr. Bray for your selection. Yeah, so um, I went with a very obvious choice here and there are many, many reasons it's the obvious choice. Viva Las Vegas, baby. Um, they've already got three professional teams from the NHL, NFL, and WNBA, um, and it is chocked full of money. Money, money, money. <laughs> Two and a half billion is a lot. You've got to have people there who can afford it, and they definitely do in Las Vegas. Um, and the, I think the thing that I think would make it the best, obviously, fans are passionate when it's like their team. They're even more passionate when it's the team they grew up with and they supported their whole life. And they're even more passionate when they got money on the line. And everyone in <laughs> Vegas, in that building, is going to have money on that game. Guaranteed. It's going to be mental in there. And that's why I reckon it would be the best. Wait, what's that I hear? I, is that James Harden calling for a trade to the Vegas? <laughs> I know he wants to go there. I, I know that. I, I just thought that there was actually a trade for Harden. I was like, my phone, like, shit, did he get traded? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it's Vegas it is. Go Sorry, on, I was just going to say that um, on the Harden thing, like you would get players who, who, who come into Las Vegas games like hanging. Same as you get in New York. Like they've been, and it happens in Miami as well, like that, where they just get in the night before and don't sleep until the game. Well, luckily they're on the West Coast, so it'll be a you know a late game. So let's let's head over to House Lasku for your for your pick, Mister Ed. What do you have for us? So sticking with uh, with like Bray, I'm sticking with the uh, North American theme, and I am going to say the most obvious answer, more obvious than Las Vegas, is the team that should have a franchise already and had it taken away. It's the franchise in Seattle, Seattle Supersonics. Um, Gary Payton, Ray Allen, Dennis Johnson, Spencer Hayward, Jack Sigma, Lenny Wilkins, Kevin Durant. All these players, well, Kevin Durant will go, but all these players are in the Hall of Fame as part of the Seattle Supersonics. Um, I think if you were to ask the NBA, do they regret relocating Seattle to OKC? They would say yes. I think they would They would have wanted to stay in Seattle. Alex, I know you've got an affiliation towards OK, Oklahoma. It's fine. But... I think most people would agree with that statement. There was issues, the main issues that they, that they left was because of stadium issues. That is now not going to be an issue anymore. They have investors ready who don't need public funding to build a stadium. 
they've already got a WNBA team. They now recently just got an NHL team. And another low-key thing I like is all their professional franchises had the same colour scheme, which is quality. Quality, I love it. Uh, Seahawks are green. Storm are green. The Sounders are green. The the new team, the Grunge are green. They're all green. Mariners, they're sort of green. Love it. Um, and they've arguably had some of the best jerseys and some of and the best mascot. Who doesn't love Who doesn't love Squatch? Squatch is an absolute OG. Um, so yeah, all the, and they have the fan base there already. As Bray was saying, you want to go to a place that there's already a fan base. The NHL franchise already sold two, I believe, it was two hundred seventy k season tickets for their NFL for, for their NHL franchise, which seems crazy. Um, if they were to have an NBA franchise, you know they'll be selling season tickets like it was no tomorrow. And it's such a city with sports culture. So that's why my pick is Seattle. Very interesting. Let, let's move to a location with Mr. Wildsmith that I would potentially like moving to. Jay Wild, what we got what you got for us? Absolutely. Well, much less house. Alaska, uh, I'm going to be going with a place that's once had a franchise before uh, in Vancouver. They obviously had the Vancouver Grizzlies there and then they moved over to Memphis. Uh, they obviously have to rebrand, come up with something different. But, you know, they've another Canadian city, of course, Toronto, previously winning a championship and the excitement that that brought to that city, I think is very inspiring um, for the city of Vancouver to potentially dip back into the NBA pool and see what they can do. I think in the past when they had the franchise there, um, you know, that will remain that traveling will be a little bit of an issue, a little bit of an issue and something they'll need to factor in in terms of scheduling. Um, the other fact that they had was that not everybody wanted to, you know, potential players wanted to, to live in Vancouver and play there. Um, however, I think as the game of basketball is growing uh, nationally throughout the world, it's becoming more and more popular, more and more talent is coming from all different corners of the world. Um, so as the league expands and more potential players come out of the woodwork, uh, you know, I think that the whole people wanting to be there is going to be less of an issue. Um, funny thing is, whenever I, whenever I talk to people that have been to both Toronto and Vancouver, people say they prefer Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, if Toronto is doing, is doing well from that point of view, then maybe Vancouver can sway some people, uh, some crazy destinations uh, for future stars. I like it. I like it. Vancouver. I've heard uh, very good things from Vancouver. All positive reviews. So that would be a great city and a, a feel-good city. And maybe it will return. Let's famous, switch. Like, oh my God. So famous for their seafood. So I'd be oh. interested to see how what they lean into with their uh, with their their branding and team name. <laughs> The, the iconic shot of Vancouver with the mountains behind is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, great location, one. Let's switch to international, and it's actually my go. I've decided to go Viva la France, and I'm, I'm picking Paris. And you're thinking, why have I picked Paris? I'll tell you why. So Paris actually has a population of 10.6 million, which is actually the largest urban area in Europe. So... A lot of potential for fans. You've also got the NBA Global Games. They've just moved away from London because it feels like it has, a, uh, the NBA feels like it has a big connection to Paris. And even Mark Tatum has said this, the deputy commissioner, uh, a lot of teams wanted to go to Paris because they feel like it's a hotbed for basketball. There's reason behind this because France is actually the most represented country outside the US and Canada, has nine players, 
you've obviously got Australia's got eight, Serbia and Germany got six each, but the main players is Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournier, Nicholas Platoon, they've all got big roles in their team. You've got the history behind it, you've got uh -huh, Mr. Tony Bucket, uh, <laughs> Boris Diaw, Ronnie Turioff, they can act as, as ambassadors. But another thing I think we're getting away from is that the DNA from Paris to the US is actually quite, it, it compares up very nicely. You've got Paris, Paris Fashion Week, which players travel to, and obviously fashion is a massive staple in NBA and everyday lifestyle. Jordan has just collabed with PSG. So they create the Champions League kits and they build more awareness around basketball. In Paris, you've got Pigalle, which hosts a streetball tournament since 2002 and has done that every year. That celebrates basketball and hip-hop. It's called Quay 54. And finally, basketball is the fourth most popular sport behind football, tennis, and horse riding, which I thought was interesting. So it's technically the second biggest team sport. So there's definitely a gap in the market. Now, this is what I'm going to set apart from you guys. Is I got a bit carried away, so I've come up with potential team names, okay? So I've got the Paris Eiffels, the Paris Triumphs, the Paris Lumineers, which is the City of Light. That's what it's known for. And then I've got some animal ones. You've got the Paris Panthers and the Paris Pythons. The nicknames is, could be the Parisians. And then this is my favorite. The court name could be Palais de Palais. That is my argument done. Who doesn't want to play in the, the Paris Palace? You know? Okay, let's move to another big European city. Lancashire Lambert. What city are we heading to? We're going to Barcelona. What a beautiful city. Barcelona was founded 2,000 years ago by the Roman Emperor Augustus. It is home to Gaudi who is one of the most famous architects that the world has ever seen. His influence is seen across the city, as well as host to one of the greatest football teams the world has ever seen, and one of its greatest ever players, Lionel Messi. Now, that's just a little bit of history about Barcelona, but Spain is one of the best countries outside of the US for basketball. Their national basketball team has won medals at each of the last three Olympics. They're the current holders of the World Cup, and they're ranked second only behind the US in the current world rankings. Now, Barcelona already have a basketball team. Funnily enough, they are called FC Barcelona. They're two times European champions. They've won the league 15 times, more than anyone else. And they even completed a treble in 2003. So it's about time that they do have an NBA team in Barcelona. And as long as they do build the team quicker than they built the famous Sagrada Familia, which they started construction in 1882, and they're only due to finish it in 2026. So it would tie in nicely if the Barcelona basketball team launched at the same time as Sagrada Familia is finally finished in five years' time. Very nice, very nice. Uh, finger snaps, finger snaps. Manana, manana. <laughs> Mr. Manana, Mr. Manana. Let's head back to you and let's go to a location that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, very own location in UK. House of Ivory, George, what, what do you have for us? Um, I'm gonna, like you said, going a bit closer to home. I'm going for London City, baby. And as you said, Paris has also got a lot of love from the NBA and close connections with favourite sports. So how about love for the little guy? Yeah, we had the NBA games of London, 
you know, and we do have our own basketball, um, our own basketball leagues here as well. But I think if the NBA came to London, it will be phenom phenomenal. I can't even say the word magical. Let's go for magical. <laughs> why Americans love London they love they, you see them all the time they're taking pictures with the telephone boxes and everything so the tourists coming in would be great the locals wouldn't love it because you know how 2012 Olympics went that, that, that was pretty busy that was that was someone else no, 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 no one like that that was, that was horrible but other than that the games would be amazing as always, absolutely beautiful. And who wouldn't want to see star player LeBron coming in? It will bring up the popularity of the game in the UK even more, even though it's still growing here. So that concludes all six options. As a group, we need to vote, I think just one vote each and then whoever gets the most votes. Let's start from the person who talks about First City first. Bray, who are you voting for? Um, to be honest, you're, uh, you did, you, you swayed me a lot there. I think Alex, you had a really, really good pitch. Um, and it makes sense that NBA is obviously trending. Um, and while I think that Barcelona is a really good choice with the history that they had for that, those 92 Olympics, that first dream team is the one that always springs to mind for Europe. I think you're right. We might be seeing the, seeing it go the other way. So I'm voting for Paris. Finger snaps. Let's, let's have some support. But we'll yeah. Let's have some support, guys. Come on, we're a team. Let's have some support. Okay, let's let's head to Mr. No Support, who won't be getting anything. <laughs> um, Ed, who are you voting for? So, I also like the idea of Barcelona, but then Matt made a point which actually made me not which made me consider the counter which is Barcelona do already have a team there so I would find it difficult to have two teams in that same city and because it already has that tradition what then happened to the Euro League like I think that's a big thing to consider because Euro basketball is it's big in that area and then it'll be hard to sort of establish another team there so that's something I mean you think oh actually Barcelona may not necessarily be the right shout um the one the one thing I don't like about Paris is I'm not sure how many players will be willing to go to let's say you're 18 90 year old kid you'll be going to France having to learn a new country new culture everything starting from the beginning I think that that could be really tricky um although Alex you just sort of smashed it with the park with all the, sort of the reasons you made and yeah you felt very passionate about Paris and you made some really good points and also we've got the Kylian Mbappe uh LeBron James collab, collab happening at the moment which which goes pretty well so begrudgingly I'm gonna have to give it to Alex Thank you, thank you. Wadi? Uh, I'm going with Ed. Uh, that's, that's good, yeah. Um, I like the I like the rich history. I like all the points about all the Hall of Famers. Um, I will shout out all you guys that did the internationals, though, because I don't think there was any way you were picking my interest at all with just the whole travel side of it. I thought it was amazing, <laughs> but all the arguments were amazing, really, really good. Um, but yeah, the Seattle side of things, um, that, that would be my pick. Um, I think that we need basketball back then. I'm up next and I'm about to make this very interesting because I am also going to be picking Seattle. Uh, I begrudgingly agree with Ed and feel that there should be a franchise still in Seattle. Uh, 
the fan base in Seattle of the other sports, I think, can transition really nicely. Um, I, I think it's a, it needs to come back and hoping it will. And I know that Durant has spoke about how he misses franchise being there. Yeah, let's just hope it returns. I think really good arguments from everyone, but Seattle gets my, my shout. So we're down to the final two. Mr. Harris, Mr. Barcelona, who does your vote lie with? You're probably expecting me to make it really dramatic and go through with Seattle or Paris, but I'm not going to. I'm going to vote for Las Vegas, um, purely because A, seeing James Harden there, yeah, would be fantastic. Someone like <laughs> his calibre would just be absolutely hilarious to see stuff like that. And Vegas is, is pretty much the home of major boxing fights. The thousands that you see pile there mm-hmm. to watch events as great as those and to see stuff like that for the NBA as well is, is, is it's already there. It's already set up for something like that. So I'm going for Vegas. Nice. Nice. I can definitely see the attraction of Vegas and yeah, I could just imagine what the nightlife would be. You know, def- teams are definitely taking nights off. Well, definitely they, taking they, nights off. They, they were second choice for the bubble. They were the other, mm. it was it was Orlando, it was Disneyland, and it was Vegas. They were going, we, where do we go? You know, ultimately Orlando won it, but... To be, to be fair, they, they've got two new franchises in Las Vegas in the past two years, two new big sports franchises. They've got the new NFL team and they've got the new hockey team. That's really big for them. And if a um, player pulls a Dennis team. Rodman while over there, it'll be easy to find him. Brand <laughs> <laughs> <That> ambassador. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the uh, injury report, general soreness, will take on a whole new meaning. What were you going to say, Bray? Yeah, go on, Bray. I said the WNBA was first there. They've already oh, got yeah. the presence. Yeah. The Aces, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they've had a lot of success. And Seattle Sky. But also, another thing, you said about the bubble and why they picked it. The Temptation, Mickey Mouse or strip clubs? They're obviously going to go for the Mickey Hey, Mouse. watch it. Well, God, all this Orlando slander. Gosh. It, is it Orlando slander? I anyway. mean, that's an easy choice, man. That's an easy choice. Anyway, oh, I have with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, George, you have the, the last vote. The, the, um, the no court. votes to my name. Thanks, guys. Good, 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 with anything like it's definitely on the top of everyone's list but for me I'm gonna go internationals again and I'm gonna have to go for Barcelona um yeah I think it's been a hot destination for a lot of players because apparently a lot of players like Paul George has been seen there regularly in Barcelona in the clubs um yeah one of my friends saw him there that was I was angry about that um, and also quite a few players have involvement in building their outdoor courts, like KD helped build a court by the beach and stuff like that. So there has been, again, even Paris, even though Paris has got loads of those NBA connections, I believe that Barcelona still has that as well. And it's, again, even though, you know, big football city, like it's still got that basketball love when you're going around. So, yeah. That concludes the decision. So, Congratulations, Mr. Ed. We have we have tied. 
Pressure, we have tied. He, he looked really pissed off because he was yeah. like, No, no, I was confused. Like, what are you doing? Hell? I was confused. What? That's his kind of Do you imagine two people meeting? Someone sticks their hand out and the other. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm not moving to Paris. Oh, gosh. That, that wraps up things nicely. I'm hoping that we can it, we can see an expansion one day. I think it's just really interesting and not to just do it on 2K. But from. The sick man myself and all the other GMs, that concludes week four. We'll be back next week um, analysing more teams and seeing where, where everyone is at. So from the sick man and everyone else, it is over and out. Peace. See ya. Later.